I saw some serious pain. I want to know what was going through her head. The harder something is to accomplish, the prouder of yourself you will be to accomplish it. And so sometimes I even feel like it's even more motivating to do something when it's when it's harder. Welcome to Weathering the Run. No matter how far you're heading out to run, no matter the location or time of day you're out there, there's one thing you always have to deal with, and that's the weather. I'm Andrew Buckmichael, a meteorologist, and I love running. Sometimes the weather's perfect and you just want to keep going on forever. But other times, Mother Nature may take a turn for the worse and you're left to the elements. That's what we're here to do. Hear stories of the craziest weather some runners have experienced and what they may change if given a rerun. So lace up your shoes as we go along with them, weathering the run. What is up, everyone? I am stoked to bring you today's episode. I reached out to what I consider a good friend, Rob Steger. We've never met in person. He's from Ohio and then moved out to Colorado. But he has a podcast called Training for Ultra, and I learned so much from his podcast and all the amazing guests that he's had on there when I started doing these longer distances. He's also got a book, Training for Ultra, if you want to check that out. It's phenomenal. Anyway... He has an amazing drive. He did the triple crown of the 200 races and he was trying to raise money for pediatric cancer research. So I wanted to talk to him a little bit about his drive. And he told me, you know what? I got a few things going on. I need to tie those up and I'll be on the podcast. And he was getting ready to release a documentary that he shot, produced, directed himself. It was on Marion Hogan. If you don't know her story, 2022, she ran Western States as her very first 100-mile run, basically the Super Bowl of ultra races, the 100-mile races here in the United States. She came in third place. And then just about a month and a half later, she went out to Europe. Uh, she's from originally from Canada, but she ran UTMB around the mountain Mont Blanc, and she came in second place. And that's a little bit of a spoiler, so I'm sorry for that. However, they both came onto the podcast. Originally, it was just going to be Rob, and then Marianne popped in as well. And I was like, Rob, I had no idea that you were going to get Marianne on here as well. So you kind of got a little two for here. I'm excited because we had about 30 minutes to share together, and it is a jam-packed episode. We're going to get right to it here. So let's go. And how are both of you doing today? Good. Really good. Great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us. Glad to join you. This is a real treat because, Rob, you, uh, as of recording this podcast, you are about to release your documentary, Marianne Runs, about the amazing entry into the 100-mile run, running program. Marianne, I mean, you had Western States came in third, UTMB came in second. Um, so I'm excited to kind of break that down. I guess, first and foremost, Rob, you kind of saw something in Marianne because Western States was going to be her 100-mile run debut how did you what inspired you to be like you know what i need to make a documentary on this so funny story is that marianne was my very first podcast guest we um tried some crazy trail runs out in boulder together where i interviewed her with a gopro back in 2017 and she believed in all the training for ultra podcast and video stuff before anyone um and so yeah the the genesis of our film was going out to watch a friend and marianne's so humble when she said maybe you should film this i was like (laughs) okay so this means you're going for it (laughs) that's awesome and so marianne for you i mean the documentary ended with you with your torn psoas how's everything been coming back for you 
Um, it's been okay. <laughs> I've definitely had some uh, some better years, but uh, but I think my body is now readjusting. Um, when I came back from my tonsil, as I actually started up pretty quickly, and I ended up uh, stress fracturing my pubic bone. Um, and so I'm just now getting back into running, but uh, but uh, things are looking good, and 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 I was able to work on some weaknesses that I had not been able to work on prior to both Western States and UTMB. So so that's a good thing. More strength. Yeah, exactly. I so I had broken my leg um, years ago, and and I still am very weak because of that, and and that's what I was able to to work on during these past few months. So I'm looking forward to to being able to start running again and and start building up for the future. Awesome. Well, yeah, I was not really Robert teased that maybe he's going to reach out to Marianne. Maybe she'll be on. So this is a real treat to have both of you on. So yeah, weathering the run. Basically, we just talked to weather or runners about the craziest weather that they've run through. So I'm kind of interested for both of you. Uh, Rob, your book, Training for Ultra, I bought it, read it, love it. Um, give people a real quick brief background of how you got into running and your journey. I mean, my my journey started humbly with, uh, you know, I was going to be put on, you know, cholesterol-related medications. I was very overweight. And then my dad had a big health scare that kind of shocked me into starting this whole journey of Training for Ultra, which ultimately led to you know self being self-fulfilled but then also realizing there's only so much you get out of self-fulfillment and you know ultimately inspiring others that they're capable of whatever they really set their mind to and, and work towards daily is possible because I think a lot of people they see a hundred miler like Marianne now, maybe we can't all take third and second at Western States and UTMB, but, you know, with diligence and consistency of your training, you can get after a 100-mile distance. Now, again, uh, Marianne's a little bit of an outlier with those yep. results. but What about you, Marianne? Um, How did you get yeah. into this? How did I get into ultra running? Yeah. Um. So I I was always into sports. I as a youngster I started as a swimmer and then I switched to triathlon and then I switched to track and field. Um, and then when I was done with track and field, I I kind of was sick of of uh, having to maintain a certain pace. I kind of I I loved running, but I really uh, wanted to let go of uh, specific workouts and paces and all of that. And I just started running in the trails and and fell in love with it. And so that's really how I transitioned. And and I have never looked back. <laughs> I did like it after you finished Western States, your first 100. You were like, I really think I like this distance. This is, I like this a lot. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> um, so for both of you, if you had to pick, what would be your ideal running weather, Rob? So weather, I, I, you know so much more about weather than I do. And it's weird having been born in Columbus and uh, lived there for so many years and seen you on TV. So uh, kind of outer body experience here. A temperature is a big deal and humidity is a big deal. And I want all my conditions to be like as ideal as possible so that I don't have to carry a bunch of water to, you know, replenish electrolytes. Um, but even like that really light drizzle on a cooler day is kind of my ideal weather, like overcast, slate, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio type drizzle that we're all way too used to but um 
that you know that kind of distance you don't have to carry a bunch and you can just keep running forever and it's effortless that's just my favorite right right yeah it just keeps you nice and cool the whole time what about you marianne um, I like really warm weather, uh, but I think the ideal temperatures are like on a really warm day if you go at like 6 or 7 p.m. at night, you know, and it's starting to cool off, but it's still very warm and you don't have to worry about the weather. I think that that is absolute ideal weather. All right. So we're going to flip the order here. So what uh, what's your least favorite type of weather to run in, Marianne? Uh, for me, it's uh, most likely the rain when it's like zero degrees outside and I'm talking Celsius, you know, and it's just close to freezing, but it's pouring rain. I think that that is probably the worst sweater to run in. That cold just kind of soaks into your bones. That's Yeah, and then you're wet and then it's not a good combination. <laughs> I'd rather it be minus 20 and snowing uh, as opposed to zero and, and raining. And you're in Montreal, so you, you get a little bit more snow than probably the both of us compared to Rob and myself. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Least favorite type of weather to go for a run? The super, super muggy, humid kind of Florida running in sand. Uh, super sunny, like it cracks 100 degrees plus, like 105. Um, you know, the ocean breeze can't do enough for you because it's salty. And you, you run after a, a, I don't know, a lighthouse and it, it's just miserable. <laughs> Yeah, your father lives down in the Florida area, and I see you run down there occasionally. And yeah, it's it's swampy there. Ohio tends to get those too, especially July, August, just from uh, evapotranspiration. All the agriculture, all the corn, giving off all the moisture. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about the craziest weather, the craziest memory you guys have. Does anything stick out for either of you? Marianne, you want to start? Sure. Um. I went on a run where I was running to go cross-country skiing, and it, it was about minus 30 degrees Celsius. And when I was done with the cross-country, I had to run back home. But my hands were frozen, and I had to carry the cross-country skis. And that was definitely the, the coldest I have ever been. And all I wanted to do was go inside and, and take a warm shower. That's definitely the craziest one I've done. Whoa! That scared me too. Got a quick lightning delay before we get back to the episode, and this is a great chance to hit that subscribe button, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app, and that way you're notified when a new episode of Weathering the Run comes out, which is every other Wednesday morning. And maybe you know someone that this story could relate to. Share it with them. Maybe you got a great story yourself. Let me know about it, weatheringtherun at gmail.com. And if you haven't done so yet, leave a review, rate the podcast, because it is so helpful for others to find Weathering the Run. It only takes 30 or 60 seconds, and thank you to everyone that's done so already. Right now, back to the episode. Rob? I, I experienced it all during the Triple Crown. So during Bigfoot, there was a giant lightning storm, and we're you know climbing the highest peak, and it's pitch dark. It's like midnight or whatever it is, and lightning's crashing all around and then during tahoe 200 um i want to say september it was a freak snowstorm out of nowhere being caught with a light rain rain jacket that was not working and uh basically coming very close to hypothermic but yeah storms like just storms that you can't prepare for uh but lightning definitely freaks me out especially above tree line any other crazy weather memories you guys have? I mean, Marianne, that's a that's pretty extreme if it was that cold. Anything yeah. else that sticks out for you guys? 
I mean, we've I've done a lot of cold weather, but I guess the the, the warm temperatures are, are pretty crazy too. Um, my family used to go to Florida every year at the end of August, where it's really warm, and I used to love to bring my brothers when it, uh, running when it's like uh, noon outside, <laughs> um, in the warmest warmest temperatures with super humid. You know, that's that's what I really like. Where in, like you only go outside and you start sweating immediately. <laughs> that's pretty crazy weather as well. What about uh, you, Rob? Anything mountain-wise out there? Well, I was, I was going to go the other way. Uh, I paced Badwater 135 out in you know, just the most extreme hot conditions. But because it's not overly humid, my body seemed to like not overly freak out, especially with the every like one-mile type aid station or two miles. Um, but... I mean, the only other memory that comes to mind is being two miles from the finish, but I was on a mountain bike at the time uh, for Silver Rush and getting hit with a hailstorm, trying to hold the hold the bike, going through pretty extreme trails and getting nailed with like pea-sized hail all over was pretty pretty wild, pretty good finish photo, but <laughs> I bet uh, <laughs> not so, to wipe out <laughs> right. So as far as switching things up to uh, like more of like the mentaling, weathering the run, uh, when you're out there and you're just kind of just grinding through the miles, uh, for you, Rob, I mean, you did the Triple Crown of the 200s, Marianne, I mean, you did Western States right back to back with UTMB. For each of you, what is, what's your mantra? What's going through your mind to just making sure that you are continuing on and your, your why while you're out there? I want to hear this from Marianne. I saw, I saw some serious pain. I, I want to know what was going through her head, honestly. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's, it's about you know, the harder something is to accomplish, the prouder of yourself you will be to accomplish it. And so sometimes I even feel like it's even more motivating to do something when it's when it's harder. And so in in the circumstance that Rob is referring to, of course, at the end of UTMB, I was in a lot of pain, but um, it was even more important for me to finish at that point. Because when, when you're out on a run and things are easy, you're not necessarily like, yeah, it's really nice. And when someone is making a race look really easy, it's really inspiring and everything. But I think that there's something even more inspiring in someone who's struggling and is still making their way to the finish. And so um, for me, for to, to weather through a run, it's just about realizing that I'm there, you know, I, I I'm there to accomplish what I what I started, and and I just make sure that I I get that done no matter what. Um, of course, there are limits to the body, and and um, we have to listen to those signs. But whenever it is possible to physically make it to the finish line, um, that's what that's what I try to do. Uh, I think Rob I captured that phenomenally in the documentary. Again, it's Marianne runs, uh, but for for you, Rob, just to kind of. You saw her in those really dark moments when she was doing UTMB, when she realized something mechanically is off here, and yeah. she was just in pain. I mean, what was it like for you shooting this documentary, seeing her in that situation? So initially, I was it was very like mixed emotions for me because as as a doc filmmaker, you try to separate yourself from the subject so that you don't bias the film in a certain direction. Um, but I couldn't help but tear up you know, having a friend in that much pain, like seeing her like full blown crying. And I've never heard someone like mutter 
while crying in French, so it was very confusing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it was, it was a lot. And then to come back, like snap back out of out of that situation, and try to interview and, and keep the storyline going, and talk to her brother who was pretty much a wreck, also trying to like you know put on his game face for Marianne so her race went well. But then afterwards, he'd be like you know, nearly in tears as well. Um, it was a lot and, uh, I wouldn't have done it differently at all. I'm happy that we got the footage that we got. And, uh, that was not an easy race to get around to each aid station, even tell a consistent storyline. Um, when people are running that fast, it's just hard to circumnavigate and, and keep up. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, you, I'm really thankful, and it was I mean, amazing to see her push through that. I did not; yeah, I thought she was going to drop. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you had to get around the mountain, and I was shocked at how many different places that you were able to get f- footage of her going yeah. through those low moments. Uh, so, I mean, that was really awesome to kind of experience. But man, your heart goes out for you, Marianne. I mean, you have <laughs> you have such a different level of mentality, and just able to grind a different gear to just keep pushing through. So I hope you know that. That that was very <laughs> inspiring to watch that. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's really interesting because when I look at the movie um, and I think about it and and, and in my head, I kind of just blacked out. Like to me, I was just trying to make it to the finish line and I kind of forgot everything that happened. But it's really good to see the images so that I can get back to it. <laughs> and for you, Rob, I mean, for you pushing through the, the tough times, I mean, you did the Triple Crown of the 200s. Uh, I know the big focus for you when you did that was your why. So kind of talk about you just weathering the run, just mentally making sure that you're pushing forward. How how was that for you? Keep pushing forward is my mantra for my book. It's funny you know that. And I, I always think of Never Summer 100K like because North Diamond Peak is just straight up and like crunch down, never like just keep moving forward or keep pushing forward. Um, so for the triple crown in my darkest times, darkest moments during the entire series, uh, it was, it was all about Celia and, and trying to raise, uh, that money for pediatric cancer research. So, uh, I, I think it was performance enhancing having a why on that level and knowing like, there's thirty. There's probably thirty thousand dollars of donations that are at stake here, and it's weird to uh, like kind of in the back of your head know you're middle of the pack at best, but you're almost going for the biggest prize purse in ultra running of the entire year for anyone. But it's all donations. Uh, so yeah, at the end of the Moab two forty, like it's in the TV show. When I'm like running uphill, because I got I got word that Celia might go to bed right around like seven thirty or eight because she's going through chemotherapy. I was just like full blown. I think I don't know if it's on Strava, but there was a downhill section where I'm going like six thirty pace down the mountain at mile like two fifteen, <laughs> just to like do everything I absolutely could to get to that finish line before dark uh, so that Celia wasn't in bed. I 
I had to run through that finish line with her, like just deep down for myself. So that was, that was crazy. That was, uh, starting off with David Goggins and then finishing like that was just, you you couldn't even script that. Like it was just wild. You stayed hard all the way through. (laughs) Yeah. For the middle of the pack, I guess I, uh, I held, (laughs) Uh, so kind of going back over to uh, weather for both of you, is there any type of weather that you just will not go out and run in? Is there anything you're just like, now nah, push it back or switch it up, do a treadmill or something? Yeah. No, ice. not really. Yeah, I was going to say maybe ice, but even there, then you can put spikes on and still manage manage something. I, That's I'm the Montreal like... spirit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why you keep getting injured, Marianne. <laughs> oh, you're out there in the, you figured you would have the spikes out there in the mountains, Rob. I I just there's a risk reward every day and if I do make an excuse, there's a treadmill now. So that's that's healthy. Um as long as it doesn't become a habit and you you can make excuses for a slight drizzle or whatever it might be. Um but yeah, when the injury risk is like 50-50, or like one out of four runs, I'm just like, no, it's not worth it because they'll set me back and, and then I'll have to reset. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Otherwise you're just, you're just looking outside, wishing you could be outside instead. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a pretty big gearhead. Uh, typically a piece of gear can really make or break a run or a race, whether you're in. So if you had one piece of gear that's come in very handy, very critical, uh, what is it? We'll start with Marianne on this one. Um, for me, it's the waterproof jacket. So the Solomon Bonatti waterproof jacket. I think that that's the number one thing that I carry in my bag um, uh, most often. But I will say too, like a, a, a cap. <laughs> when it rains outside, a cap will save the experience for you. Those are two things that are are super important. What about you, Rob? Uh, I, I like a buff that I wrap around my wrist and. I can stay warm. It can serve as like a sunshade. Uh, if you cut yourself horribly, tourniquet, like uh, toilet paper, worst case scenario, like it, it just has a variety of uses all around. And um, But yeah, like Marianne said, a, a really good waterproof, not water resistant. <laughs> yeah. As I almost died learning. So yeah. The last race I ran, I had the tra- training for ultra buff around my arm, and it was pouring for the last seven hours. And at that point, I was using it to wipe the sweat or whatnot. And at that point, it was pretty much just waterlogged. I was like, I'm squeezing out more water onto my face than what I'm wiping off here. <laughs> I'll send you um, some. You, you deserve I, it. I have I have quite a few of them. Uh, so let's talk about. You. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as coming up, um, I saw Rob. You've got some stuff coming up. You're doing um, Run Rabbit Run. Yeah, I'm. I'm going back and forth on because this movie. I've just been sitting in a basement in a lot of my free time, editing. I have all these kids' baseball games, so I have technically never summer hundred k. I am not going to run it, uh, but it's just a determination of am I going to be prepared for Leadville hundred. Or should I just be patient and do Run Rabbit Run? Uh, I'm leaning towards just being patient so I don't hurt myself. But yeah, those two, I, I'm technically starting both of those. What about for you, Marianne? I know you said you're just getting back in uh, to running. Or Do you have anything that you want to put on your calendar that's not on there yet? Um, 
I'd like to put on UTMB 2024, <laughs> but um, I, I, for the moment, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I would just like to, to, to get back into, into running. And before I can, I can decide what the next step is. I just want to be healthy. So that's my main focus right now. And, and once my body will be up and running, then I'll be able to put a race uh, on the calendar. Well, that's exciting. I mean, I'll be very excited to see what, what you come back and do because, I mean, you really lay the hammer down when you get those races going. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, for both of you, um, if you had to pick three types, this is my favorite trail game when I'm running down the trail with people. Um, if you had to pick three different characteristics of a run, whether it's uh, the trails, roads, mountains, streams, oceans, pine trees, fall foliage, certain type of wildlife, what would you each pick? Um, I, I like trees. I, I like being in the woods. Honestly, uh, like Mohican is pretty ideal, especially now, like having a little bit of uh, more of a mountain leg than when I had last run that. That was my first mm -hmm. 50 miler. Uh, Caballo Blanco was out there running and you can just kind of feel his essence still there on those trails. I So they're dirt, but they're kind of comfortably bouncy in, in the trees all along there I, I love that area but it's it's freaking humid though <laughs> so trees that's one what about your other options but what else would you pick dirt, if you had to pick dirt dirt trail yeah i mean i love moab too obviously uh doing moab 240 twice it just what, it, the scenery is so beautiful and yeah what about you marianne I like a, a ridge on top of a mountain um, overlooking the ocean. I think that to me is the perfect trail. Yeah. When you have ocean and mountains colliding on top of a ridge, I think that that is the nicest view you could ever get. But it's a personal opinion. And obviously, if you're up on the ridge, you got to climb that hill to get up there. Exactly. Yeah, Washington uh, State, all, all trails in Washington State are also sort of on my list. In August, in August. In August. <laughs> um, so any other shout-outs you guys want to do? Obviously, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about the uh, documentary real quick before we let you go. But any any sponsors you guys want to plug real quick? All of Mary Ann's for supporting <laughs> her. You want to start? Sure. Um, so of course Solomon is my main is my main partner. Um, but in this film as well, we have Nack and Cieli who are really helping. Um, Cieli is hosting the the, uh, the 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 premiere evening tomorrow, and Nack is really the the brand that that um, that jumped in, in in order to make this movie happen. So I'd like to to, to shout out to those. Likewise, and I know historically I've been a big Hammer guy. Uh, without Nack's support, I I don't think this film would have happened. So they, they definitely got the ball rolling. I obviously was very interested in, in helping a friend out, but without Nack's support, uh, none of this would have happened. And then, you know, Tannery Outdoors and Exoskin for me, they've supported just all all my crazy endeavors. So, uh, but yeah, traveling out to UTMB is not, not a cheap endeavor. No. Uh, so real quick on the documentary, I've, obviously I was kind of given like a preview link to watch that. And again, it's phenomenal. Marianne runs, where will that live online then? They'll be on YouTube starting and it, the release is uh, July 20th, 5 PM Eastern, and it will be available, uh, forever on, on YouTube there. 
So I, I really hope if it's the dead of winter and it's there's two or three inches of ice on on your trail or road, you know, hit the treadmill, turn that on, and hopefully find some inspiration out of Marianne's story. Marianne, what was it like for you to be part of that? Um, it was really nice. Like I said, it was just a it was just a very good summer for me, and it's quite it's quite nice to to be able to to get uh, footage from it and and get motivation for it as well. I think that as I watched the movie, I I was very motivated to go back out and and give it another go. So um, I'm really thankful that Rob took the time, and and I know that it's not an easy job to put a movie like that. So I am actually very very thankful for him to put all of that together. I'm excited to uh, sit down with my daughter and watch it, too, because she just turned eight. We did a 5K. It was her first 5K. We ran it together. And I love just, especially the ultra running scene. They're so welcoming. And just to kind of show her the drive that some of these people have. She's out of town right now up at Grammy's house for the week. But I'm excited to sit down and watch that with her because, I mean, Marianne, you're an, an awesome inspiration to everyone, but especially women and young girls. Just get out there and just do it. I mean, that was phenomenal to watch. Thank you. <laughs> Anything to wrap up here before we let both of you go? I I would just say this was the highest risk film I've ever made. And um, after Marianne performed phono- historically, actually, the, the Western States UTM du- UTMB double has like never, I, I think it was the top female performance of all times, like in recent uh, competitive times. So what Marianne did was historic and I'm just so thankful that she trusted me to tell her story. So enjoy the movie, enjoy all the other content out there and, and yeah, start, start now. You can do it. You'd be surprised. You can do a hundred miler. If you start now and start building consistency, you can basically do anything within running that you set your mind to and, and really get after. You just got to start training for ultras, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much. It's been a real treat to sit down and talk with both of you. And again, if anybody wants to check that out, Marianne runs on YouTube. Thank, thank you both for coming on again. I was, I knew I was going to talk with Rob and he's like, Oh yeah, reach out to Marianne. I didn't know that he was actually going to invite you Marianne. So <laughs> this has been a real honor to have you part of it today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, honored to be on your show, and you got some big hitters, so I had to, I had to step it up. <laughs> All right, thanks, both of you. Thanks so much. See ya. Thanks. Well, that was a lot of fun to sit down with Rob and Marianne to talk about the documentary and their journey, and I am stoked to bring with you the next episode because there are some parallels to this episode. Because Marianne got third place for the females last year at Western States, my next guest... He came in third place for the males, and he's often referred to as the nicest person you've ever met, one of the fastest people you will ever meet, Arlen Glick. He's from here in Ohio and represents the state so well. I'm stoked for it. We'll see you out there on the trail.